Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. Hallelujah. Okay, so Bible quiz. Hands up who can tell me the first commandment. Samuel's the only one. Obey your parents. Right, Adam has clearly got him taught a few things, hasn't he? Okay, uh, yeah, yes, yes, for you, yes. Anybody else can tell me? Come on, first commandment, Genevieve. Love you, Lord your God. Would everyone agree? Who agrees with Genevieve? Everybody agree? Put your hand up if you agree with Genevieve. The whole church agrees with Genevieve. Okay. <laughs> Very good, Genevieve. However, amazingly... It's not. I actually discovered something the other day. Just, you know, God's been doing a number on me with this message, and the first commandment is Genesis 1.28, the first commandment that God spoke to people, and this is what it was, to Adam. Be fruitful and multiply. That's the very first thing. <laughs> that is... I feel like a teacher when the class is a little bit too rowdy, you know. It's like, okay, everyone, just settle down. Settle, settle. Okay. All right. We had your fun. Now listen to. That is the very, isn't that interesting? The very first thing, the commandment, the, the thing that God spoke to us and commanded us was to be fruitful and multiply. And do you know, he hasn't rescinded that commandment. That is still the first commandment that we are to obey. So now I'm preaching this morning on being fruitful. And God did a bit of a number on me last night, which he does sometimes, because I had this great message worked out, but it didn't sit right with me. I just, it was good. But I was kind of like, well, I just didn't have that touch from heaven. And I said to God, what exactly do you want me to say about being fruitful? Like what about, because it was really about being, you know, success and fruit. And I felt like God say, remind me this commandment. He said, be fruitful. Be fruitful. This is the first commandment. Be fruitful. And it was kind of like it just shifted my whole message. So, which means that I might be a little bit unorganized because I had to basically rewrite the message last night and this morning because I like to obey God. And the thing that shifted me about this was that, you know, when God said to be fruitful, he was actually meaning to have children. Like, you know, let's just. Be fruitful and multiply, increase in number, if you like. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. And, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, spiritual fruit and all that, and I will talk about that. But actually what God was meaning was have a lot of children. All right, so bear with me. (laughs) Can you what? If you want, you can go and get your wife. Yeah, that's okay. So... So I kind of was thinking about this whole thing about children and, you know, God's been really speaking to me about a culture of life, a culture of reproduction. And I believe that God wants us as a people to have a culture of life, a culture that celebrates life and celebrates having life and having children. And I believe that God really wants me to speak this because we're losing that culture. We're losing that culture. Do you know... Children today are an inconvenience. 
you know, I, I know they're not for us, for our hearts, but to so many people, and I dare I say it, sneaking into the church, it's a bit of an inconvenience. It gets in the way of my career. It gets in the way of my ministry. This is kind of a bit of an attitude that's creeping into the church and that, and that God is just totally against. God wants us to have a culture of life and God wants that every child is a wanted child. Every child is wanted. The Bible speaks about hearts being turned to the children, the father's hearts being turned to the children. I thought, why do fathers need their hearts turned to the children? Because anyone who's a father will tell you, you love your kids. But it's because there's this culture of death that the devil has introduced and that the church needs to come against very strongly and obey this commandment to be fruitful. Now, the the most obvious place where I see this culture of death is in abortion, which is just a shocking, shocking thing in our world, a shocking thing that millions and millions, I mean, you know, I Googled the stats. It's just crazy. You don't even know where to begin on the stats with abortions because they're so um, ridiculous. I just think, can that be true? Can that, can that be true? The, I mean, the ones I looked up were talking about 55 million abortions a year, you know. Now, the, or most of the stats are based on the U.S., which have got, and then they kind of try and work it out from there or, you know. But, but the devil loves this culture of death where not every child is wanted. Children are an inconvenience. We kill them, kill them, kill them. And so there's this, I believe that right at the very beginning with the first commandment of God about to be fruitful, the devil is staked a claim of, no, no, don't be fruitful. You don't want children. We don't want any more. Kill them, kill them, kill them, kill them. And right through the Old Testament, it was like as soon as, when a culture got really wicked in the sight of God, really wicked, you knew they were really wicked because they'd start killing the children. That was always the sign. They'd start to sacrifice the children. Once they had child sacrifices, it's like, okay, now, now, we, now you guys have really lost the plot. You're sacrificing children. Of course, the Bible, it never even occurred to anyone that you could actually do it before they were born. <laughs> I mean, we had to have modern, modern methods to do that, but it's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. We, we're just sacrificing children before they're born to the God of convenience. In the you know, Old Testament, you think, oh, how wicked. You take your little baby and you put it on the fire and sacrifice it to the God of Baal or whatever. It's the same thing. You know, it's no different from what we're doing. And, and there's this dreadful quote from one of the um, founders of Planned Parenthood, um, Margaret Sanger. She wrote this quote, The most merciful thing a large family can do to one of its infant members is to kill it. Can you believe this? Yeah, I'm serious. This is Margaret saying this is her actual quote. And she and the Planned Parenthood, their um, saying is every child a wanted child, i.e., the ones you don't want kill, and then the only ones you really want you keep. And I'm just like, what a, what a wicked world we live in. And so this guy was um, taking a hold of that phrase, every child a wanted child, and saying, yeah, 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 no, 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 every child. There's no, you know, there is no unwanted ones that we kill. We want them all. We want all children. And so the first thing I want to say in my, my message this morning about being fruitful is that we need to want children. I believe that God is calling us to be fruitful. And I think that what this actually means is to have as many children as you can. Isn't that an outrageous message? When was the last time you heard anyone preach that? I'm just like... Because do you know what? That is obeying the Bible. Have as many children as you can as you can. Now what I mean by that, bear me out, just wait, wait a sec. The Bible says, Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. 
So I will qualify this by saying we all have different quivers, okay? And I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. I'm not saying to just, you know, throw away contraception. And I'm not saying that. I do think there's a place for that. And I haven't got a problem with that. But I am saying that you need to fill that quiver up. Now, for some of us, maybe one or two is a full quiver. And we just, that, that's about all we can cope with. And that's okay. Please, that's fine. But if you can have more, do. Have as many children as you can. I know what a cra- I can't believe I'm preaching this to me. I can't believe I'm actually saying this. I'm seriously saying this to young people. I'm seriously, if you, if you can bear children still, do so. Because I believe God has called us to that. I believe that it's part of the thing to be fruitful. Children are a blessing. It's so strange to me that I even have to, that it's even strange to say that. Because only a hundred years ago, it would be, well, of course, children are a blessing. We, we, we want to have children. But we have this mentality. Can you hear that? The mere fact that I'm saying is like, what, what, what? Don't we just have a couple and then have a great career? It's like, well, maybe if that's what God wants you to do. But children are a blessing. They are a heritage. They are an inheritance from God. They are the greatest thing you can do is to raise up. Why? Because the Bible is quite clear that God said, I am seeking godly offspring. I am seeking godly offspring. But we're saying to God, no, 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 I don't don't care what you're looking for. I want this. It's like God is seeking for godly offspring. So we need to have as many children as we can. Happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. Happy is the man who has a full quiver, whether that be two or four or ten. I don't know how many kids you can have. But you are happy. You're busy too. And you're flat out working, I'm telling you. But you're happy if that quiver is full. I'll never forget the reason, one of the reasons that I felt, I mean, I always kind of felt this in my heart, but I never knew it was really in the Bible. But, you know, when you're thinking about children having more and having less. And I remember I saw a woman, one of my mum's friends, when we had, I think we had two at the time. And I uh, saw a friend of my mum. She's, you know, 70. And um, I was just chatting to her about children. She says, oh, you've got two. And, you know, you think you have more? I said, well, yeah, maybe I'd like to, you know, just praying about it. And she said, she kind of grabbed me, you know, as an older woman. I just remember the look in her face. And she grabbed me. And she said, and she's not a Christian woman. She said, have as many as you can. And I remember going, oh, it was. But I just thought, you know, this woman has lived her life. She's done her stuff. She's a wealthy lady. She traveled and she'd had an interesting career. She, she was a great woman. She gets to the end of her life and she says, have as many as you can. Because when she's looking back, she thinks, I'm so glad I had those kids, you know. I'm so glad that the children are there. The children are there and, they, and, the, and, the, and the grandchildren. And she was so, that, you know, so she saw that that was the great heritage of her life. And I saw that. I thought, yeah, let's do that. So have as many natural children as you can. That's my first point. You know, um, I'm, I've read this fascinating, fascinating account in the, this guy who's talking about all this. And one of the things he says where it's interesting is that, you know, Muslims actually got a hold of this. <laughs> you know, Muslim people understand that children are a blessing. And he was saying how um, this Muslim woman was being interviewed and she said, she was speaking of this war, this <laughs> the cultural war, we will win this war. I have 12 children and I'm still bearing at 50. But women in America have two and they quit bearing at 30. And so, I mean, we've all seen the stats where, you know, Europe and America will be Muslim nations. At that rate, their birth rate is 8% and ours is about 2.1. So at that rate, all of Europe and all of America will will be Muslim nations 
by well, he's got about the year two twenty fifty, I think, but some say sooner. Now that does actually doesn't worry me because I'm not afraid of the future, and I'm not, you know, I think God's got awesome plans, and if there's lots of Muslims around, I think praise God, it'll be good for us. We'll all have to witness. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not the least bit worried about that, but I do think that they've got something right there where they understand it's a blessing, and they understand that. The best way to influence someone is to have them, <laughs> be, you know, and then, you know, because her children will no doubt grow up to be Muslims, you know what I'm saying? Have the children and, and you'll influence the way that they're going to be. So, so it's a good thing for us to have a quiver full and let me encourage you to just have that quiver full, have, have as many children. If you're young, some of the youngies over here, just be thinking in terms of children are a blessing, they're a blessing. It's not, they're not an inconvenience. And it's interesting to me, after that first commandment, the last chapter of the Old Testament, Malachi 4.6, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So that's interesting to me there, that, that, that we need this message because our hearts, the fathers' hearts, I don't know about the children, but the fathers' hearts have been turned away from children. In our age, in our culture, we've been t- we're turned away from having them. But we need to turn back and see what a blessing they are. So my first point is have as many kids as you can. <laughs> have a quiver full and no condemnation, however big your quiver is, that's the way God made you. I'm happy with that. And, um, but, oh, but then let's move on. We want natural children, we love our natural children and we have as many as we can, as many as we feel God wants us to have. But also, there needs to be a place of adopting unwanted children. And let me encourage you in this again, that, that every child is a wanted child. And I believe we need to have a culture of just taking children in. And I'm so glad in this church that we, I know a lot of us are supporting compassion children and, and, and we need to have that attitude that there's, there's children out there that need, they need loving, they need us. And, you know, I, I know that for, for, for me, you know, that was a big part of my heart was, how to help the poor. I do believe it's a very, very important part of our calling as Christians to help the poor. But I didn't feel like I knew how to do it very well right here. And so one of the ways that God spoke to me was to help the children who, who for whatever reason, had to leave their families. And that's why, you know, we've taken in out the two boys that we have now living with us because it was partly for helping the poor. But it's that same thing. When you actually meet precious children like that, how can you not want them? You know, we've, we, we've got to want, we've got, we've got to know that they're wanted. It's, it's, it's a, a shocking thing for children to feel unwanted. It's a terrible wound because it's so against everything. And every child has to be wanted. So let me encourage you to have a ministry of reaching out to, to children. I, I really believe, I know, I mean, people have spoken to me, you know, at the right time that there's other people in the church who are going to take in children. And I just love the thought that we're a church that, that brings children in, whether it's fostering or adopting or however we can, whether it's grandparenting them. You know, it's just having that place in our life for all children. They need to be loved and they need to be raised up. And this is the first commandment, to be fruitful. So so then I want to move on to my next point. It's about spiritual mentoring, that God has called us to be fruitful in, with, with actual children, but also with raising up all sorts of children. You know, wherever there, there's so many people in the world that feel fatherless and feel unloved. And we've got to be a parent to them. We've got to be someone that 
is fruitful for them. We've got to, you know, we've got to love people and, and bring them in. And it, it's interesting to me, one of the great cries of so many people when I talk to them is this desire to be pastored. So many people want, you know, they, they want more pastoring. And I, and I relate to that because I never had a lot myself. You know, I grew up and they're just, there's just not enough older. When I grew up, there just wasn't much of a generation above us, to tell you the truth. They weren't there. I used to say, where are all the 40 and 50-year-olds who are supposed to be looking after me? <laughs> they weren't there. <laughs> they just weren't there. There wasn't much of a generation at that time. And so we didn't get much pastoring, cause, fathering, because there was no one. It, it, honestly, we just didn't get... I don't, I don't remember barely anyone even saying, how are you, of someone who was 20 years older than me. It just wasn't there. We had great, we, you know, we just had to go and we had great preaching, had to do it ourselves. But there's a cry in all of us to be, to be mentored and pastored. And let me just encourage you, if you're old enough to have children, then you're old enough to be a father. So spiritually, I think it goes about the same age. So, you know, you get to the age of about 14, 15, most of us are physically capable of having children. So start, start fathering. Turn around. If you're 14, 15, 16, you can start looking after the 7, 8, 9 and 10-year-olds. They want, they want some loving. You know what I'm saying? And if you're 40 and 50, like there's so much fathering to be done. There's so many people who want to be loved. So start to love them. Start to pastor them. Start to, to be fruitful in this way, in producing spiritual children. This is... You know, equally as important as the natural children because there's so much fathering and loving that needs to be done. And that, that, that pastoring, that loving comes out of our cell, us, that's our fruit. That comes out of us being fruitful. And I guess this is where my message originally was because I was looking at the concepts of what, what it means to be successful and, and, and what it means to be fruitful. And I, and I, you know, in order to pastor and love people, we've got to have something to give. Our lifestyle, our character, our teachings all need to be positively influencing someone. So in order to, to be able to father someone and love or mother them, whatever term you like, we've got, we have got to be, we've got to have something to give, don't we? We've got to be people that are, you know, people would, we've got, we can care for them. We can give good advice. And this brings me back to the place that if we're going to be fruitful, we've got to be abiding in him. So let's just look at John 15, where Jesus talks about abiding. This is where fruitfulness comes from. Right, it comes back to the fact that we've got to be in him. Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 5, If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear a lot of fruit. I love that scripture. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear a lot of fruit. So let's modernize this. If you're close to Jesus and he's close to you, you will be successful. You will be. You will be. We all love this word successful, don't we? It's such a, a great modern word. Okay, only came into the, the lexicon in about 1500 or so. Successful. You will be successful if you're close to Jesus. You will be. Because when you're abiding in him, his nature, his when, you're close, when you pray in the mornings and when you read the Bible and obey it, his nature starts to come into you and then his nature is going to pop out of you. When we lived in Mount Cola, we bought this lovely old house and at the back, 
were, were a couple of fruit trees, which I don't know how long they'd been there. Was a lemon, there was a lemon tree and an orange tree. And it was pretty hard old ground, actually, wasn't it? It was kind of clay. But anyway, that lemon tree and that orange tree were the most prolific fruit trees I've ever had anything to do with. I mean, we did nothing. But when the season came, they exploded with the most beautiful fruit. The oranges were big, sweet, firm, fantastic. And we were overwhelmed with oranges every season. It was just the best thing. We had so many. We'd eat orange, orange, orange. We'd give oranges away to everyone. They weren't particularly attractive trees, but boy, were they fruitful. Has anyone ever had an experience with a fruitful fruit tree? It's just a great thing. It's a such a blessing. And we did nothing to that particular fruit tree. We just stood in awe every season and watched what it did all by itself. And that is the way that God has designed us. We are meant to be fruitful and there's not a lot we need to do. It's just going to pop out of us like that tree. So long as we're in the right place. We've got the water coming up and lots of air and sun. If we've got the positioning right, we're going to be fruitful. We're going, it's going to, it's going to explode out of us. And the positioning for us as Christians is abiding, staying close to Jesus, staying in Him. And if we've got that right, we don't have to force the fruit so much. You'll find it pops out quite easily. So I, I mean, I find that when I spend time with Jesus, pray and love Him. I love to have, I love to have a whole day with Him. That's my favorite thing in the whole world. I get everyone out of the house. They are forbidden to come into the home to the point where Hudson was on holidays and it was bugging me because I didn't have a house to myself. Like Chris knows, I sent him off. He could work in his office at home, but I'm like, no, 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 out you go. And then Hudson, I said, Hud, tomorrow is my day alone at home. So you have to go out. What time? Nine o'clock. You have to, no, you have to go at 8.30. Take the boys to school and then go. And I don't want to see you. And he was like, what am I going to do all day? I said, I don't care. I don't know. You just have to get out of the house. He's like, all right. So he snuck. He got out of the house. But I found out later on, Chris rang him and said, you know, you want to go to the gym or something? He's like, I'm not allowed back in the house. So Hudson actually crept into the house. He crept into the room, got his clothes and went out. He said he saw me. He left the door in the garage open. And I remember hearing that the doors are thinking, no, I don't remember leaving the door open. But I didn't know he was there, so it's okay. But you have a whole day. But so when I have a whole day alone with Jesus, you know, various soldiers are creeping in and out of my house. <laughs> I'm so nice. I'm seriously the nicest person. I can't believe it. I come away and I'm just floating around and I'm so pleasant and the kids can do what they like and I'm just calm and reasonable and wonderful and beautiful. And the fruit's just popping out. I'm full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm full of it. It's great. But when I don't spend time with Jesus, (laughs) the real me, (laughs) I get a bit grumpy. So a bit sort of scratchy, you know, just... And then then I try to be nice, you know. I try to be loving. Be loving. Have you ever seen, you know, you're trying to pop the fruit out. It's not very good. So just stay in him. If you know, if, and Chris is terrible because when I get scratchy, he says, you want to pray, darling? Do you need to go and pray? It's like so awful, I know. But anyway, I deserve it. But it's just good. So it's, but it's so interesting, isn't it, that so when we spend time with Jesus and we become naturally full of this beautiful fruit and over years, you know, our, 
we, we become more and more Christ-like because, you know, it's, it's a process, daily process of, you know, daily being nicer, but then also over the years, you know, this is, this is what God is looking for in us. This is, this is fruit, you know. This is fruit, is to be like Jesus. And once you are like Jesus, your impact, again, when we turn around then, we turn to our children, your impact on them is enormous, it's enormous the impact that you can have on someone when you're like Jesus. You know, they just they just love people love to be with you. You know, I've been with people and I'm just like, wow, you know, I just I just love them. I see Jesus just all over them. I just you know, one encounter with them becomes a fathering encounter. Do you know what I mean? Like I met Bill Johnson once and I just just loved him. I just love him so much. He's so full of Jesus and he's just you know, he prophesied over me and said hello and I was just like Oh, I just love godly people, and they impact you, even on a, you know in a short amount of time because they're full of fruit, and their fruit then comes into you. So when I'm full of fruit, because I'm abiding in Jesus, I've got all these beautiful qualities popping out of me, and it's easy. It's not because of me. It's because I'm attached to the vine. I then am able to minister this beautiful love and joy and peace to other people. But here's the interesting thing. Fruit has seed in it. So when I then turn to love the children and physical, natural, spiritual children around me, and I, they have a bit of my love or a bit of my peace that I've got, and they eat the fruit from me, they get the seed. And then they are able to be... They're not only able to exercise love and joy because of their own relationship with God, but because of the fruit from you. Do you understand? When I spend time with someone who's very peaceful, I'm able to taste that fruit. I enjoy their peace, but I also feel like I'm able to do it as well. I learn from them. You see, the fruit has seed. And this is how we all, this is how it all spreads. It's beautiful. And this is where, this is what real spiritual mentoring is. Where we, our fruit is able to minister to others. And so God has called us to this amazing spiritual mentoring and it's the naturalest thing in the world to be fruitful. We are designed for it. God commanded us to be fruitful. Jesus said, if you abide in me, you will bear a lot of fruit. You will be successful. He says, it's to my glory, my Father's glory that you bear a lot of fruit, showing yourself to be my disciple. I chose you and appointed you so that you might bear fruit. You are going to be fruitful if you stay in him. I want to encourage you with that because I think there's sometimes a, an, a, a fear that we're not going to be successful or useful for God. There's a sense of maybe, I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm doing anything for God. Sometimes I talk to young people and they're like, people are feeling like, I just, I don't know where I'm meant to be. Where I feel like I'm not doing enough or I need to go somewhere. It's like, all you've got to do is abide in Jesus, and you'll be fruitful right right now, right here. You know, we're not only designed to bear spiritual fruit, we're also, going back to the original thing, we are designed to have babies. You have to stop it. You have to work hard not to have babies. Do you know what I'm saying? We are, we, but it's interesting to me that you, we're designed to, re- to reproduce. So it's unnatural to not. We have to do unnatural things to ourselves to not have babies. And it's the same thing with spiritual fruit. If you'll just abide in Jesus, you will be fruitful. You'll start being a more loving, beautiful, wonderful person. It's unnatural for you not to reproduce. You have to do something weird like 
push yourself, you know, leave church or, or get angry or, or not want to pray or do all sorts of unnatural, unhealthy, unpleasant things, then you can stop yourself bearing fruit. But it's not normal. It's, it's, it's unnatural. It's unpleasant. So be encouraged that you can be this amazing, influential person and a real spiritual mentor to whoever God gives you to mentor just so easily. It's not, it's not a hard thing. So we abide in him. We become fruitful spiritually. We father uh, not just uh, Christians around us but converts as well. You know, people are looking... There's, there's, there's new Christians and new babies and, and people that need to be fathered and need to be loved. So let me just encourage you to, to, to start to be fruitful and find those people that you are meant to be parenting. As I say, from the, from the earliest age, if you're even 14, 15, 13 even some of you, you can start to love and parent other people. And just a few points I want to say about that. You don't have to wait for any kind of Move. It can happen right now. You know, it was great seeing Genevieve talking about the street ministry because, you know, Daniel and Genevieve are uh, going off to Thailand. It's very exciting. Uh, so they're, they're in a bit of a place of change. And uh, with the youth, with you know, we've got, obviously got a new team that are coming through and it's all shifting. Plus we don't have an evening service. So suddenly they find themselves with not as much to do as previously. And... Um, Bless their hearts, they find it hard. They just, just want to work harder. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's, not, there's just not as much to do. And Genevieve came in and said, oh, I just have, don't have as much to do. And I, because, you know, in, in a few months' time, they're going away. And I said, just do something now. Don't wait. It'd be so easy for them to say, well, we, when we go to Thailand, then we will start being fruitful. Then our ministry will start. It's like, no, 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 Your ministry starts today, now. Don't, don't hold off with the fruit. I said, find something now. And she's, so, she's just one of those great, obedient, smart people. She's, you know, we went to the staff meeting. We're talking about the, doing the, you know, going out in the street. She goes, I can get into that. I'll do that. I'll, I'll do it right now. That's something I could do in the next six months. I'll go out in the street. I'll get other people to do it. I'll just start it happening. I'll get, and then, then she says, where are the maps? We're, we're all like, well, we don't know. She gets the maps and she wants to make an announcement. I thought, what a great attitude. Don't wait to be fruitful. Be fruitful today. Now, as long as there are people around you who need loving, there's ministry to be done. It's not just the ties that need loving. There's six months' worth of Australians that need loving before they go. Don't wait until this distant future. If you're not careful, it'll never come. You know, oh, when the children go up, I will finally do my ministry. Or when everyone's let, when I'm not so busy with work, I'll have time to do something for the church. Or when I'm in my career, it's like, no, 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 today. Be fruitful now. Do something now. Love people now, today, after service. Love me now by listening to me. You know what I'm saying? Right now, be fruitful. And another thing I want to encourage you with in terms of obeying that commandment is that, you know, there's different platforms. There's different places. You know, I was thinking of that wedding with, with uh, Kate and Will and uh, they wanted to get the trees in there, you know. She wanted the trees in Westminster Abbey. So she got, they got the great, they had them in great big pots and they popped them in the, the church there and they look very pretty having these trees. So those particular trees were then seen by 
how, how many did they say? A billion people watched the wedding or whatever. So they are very famous trees, aren't they? Seen by the whole wide world. So they had a, a famous platform and a platform that everybody could see and they had their moment in, in the glory. But it doesn't actually make them more fruitful than my little orange tree in my back garden because we've planted another orange tree. It's not as good as the Mount Cola one, but we're working on it. <laughs> um, it you know, the actual, the actual fruit doesn't matter in terms of your platform. So let me just encourage you. I don't know what platform God has given you whether it's to walk on the streets of Wyoming or to write a book that millions of people read or whether to it's a platform in Thailand or in Australia. or Do you know what I'm saying? We all are in different places and we've all got different people that we are to minister to. But God, you will be fruitful. It's a promise. If you're abiding and obeying, abiding means obeying. It's the same thing. You have to, if, you, if you start sinning, then you're not close to Jesus. So to abide in him means to stay close, to live with him. Wherever you are, then you can be fruitful. And, just, and don't, don't worry about whether you're recognized by men or not. Sometimes we are and sometimes we're not. It doesn't matter. But if you're abiding, abiding in him, then you are doing the work and the calling that, you, that God has called you to and you are fruitful. You are fruitful. You are successful. You have, your life has value. I just want to finish off by looking at some of the guys in the in the, the Bible who had all sorts of different callings and yet they were successful. Jeremiah preached for 25 years or longer, his whole life. He never got married. He was persecuted and hated. They wanted to kill him. He had no converts at all. No one was interested in what he had to say. They just all said they hated him because he kept saying, you guys are sinning, you're going to go into exile. And they said, you're a liar. We're not. And then when they went into exile, they said, we're going to come back real soon. He says, no, you're not. You're going to stay there for 70 years. And that, that was his ministry, to tell them all, God's angry with you, off you go. And they're all angry with him. And, and yet that's what he did. I thought, wow, you wouldn't want to be measuring, you know, finding out how many converts he had. But he's fruitful because he was abiding in God. And he, he, didn't, have, he, didn't, he didn't appear to have spiritual children. And he, didn't appear to have, he didn't have natural children. But yet... He had fruit, the fruit of his obedience and his holy life and the fact that we're talking about him today. He had fruit. So God will manage your fruit, even if you don't know, if you don't feel like you're that good. Sometimes you can feel like, I'm not doing enough for God or I'm not fruitful, I don't know. But, you know, different people did different things. Look at who was fruitful in the Bible, who was successful, who did exactly what God wanted them to do. Abraham, what did he do? He had one son that he was meant to, he had others later, and he got rich. That was what he, and he was fruitful. That's what he was meant to do. Noah built a boat and saved his family and he was seriously into animal welfare. And he was seriously fruitful. I mean, he, that's what God called him to do. He ministered, he, <laughs> he ministered and he was fruitful. He was, Job survived suffering and then had more children. Job was a big success. What did he do? He had a really hard time and then he had lots more kids. Joshua, David, and Caleb were soldiers. David was the president of his nation. King, they called them in those days. Deborah was a judge. Ruth was a widow who remarried and had children. It was fascinating to me how many of the people in the Old Testament particularly, their big deal in life was actually having children. It was like, yeah, you did it. You had a child or one or some or spiritual children too. 
Rahab was involved in espionage and gave up being a prostitute. And she was a success. Woohoo! That's her big calling. That's what she did. Samuel was a prophet. Paul planted churches. John was in exile. Peter started churches. I mean, everybody did different things. A lot of them, their big calling in life was to have a baby. Hannah, Mary, Elizabeth, Mary. What did Mary do? She had a baby. That's it. I mean, she had more than one, but that one was, would have been enough. And that was her whole calling in life, and we've all, ever since, I mean, how many millions of people have been called Mary after her, and, and, and just, she's practically worshipped because she obeyed God. What did she do? Had a baby. So, you know, I don't know what God's called you to do, but you will be fruitful, whether it's having one physical child, or whether it's mentoring spiritual children, or fathering converts, or taking in unwanted children, or spending all your money supporting, you know, orphanages overseas. God has called us to be fruitful. And if you are abiding in him, you will be. You are fruitful. And it's so encouraging to, to know that we can be so easily fruitful. We're designed for it. And let me just encourage you, be fruitful and multiply. Turn your hearts to those children all around you, spiritual, physical, and love them. There's millions of children that need to be loved everywhere. There's no unwanted children, and we will be the fathers, we will be the ones that are, that are fruitful for them, that are influential for them, loving them, taking them in and raising up another generation. Very exciting. So praise God. We hope you have enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about this free podcast so they too can grow and learn to live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at www.c3cc.org.au. God bless you.